0: Recently, I've finally had the courage to stand out and hold my music out and let people hear it on my own. And I've never had the courage to do that before.
1: So I packed my bags and I packed my acoustic Then I moved to a town that is known for live music Learned a cover or two, so I know how to do it. Now I write my own songs, there's nothing to it. Whoa. What's up everybody, it's Sunday, August the 4th, 2019, and this is episode 6 of Singer-Songwriter with Tom Meaney. What's up? It's a sunny Sunday afternoon and the intro that you just listened to is from my next guest, Mr. James Jean. How's it going? Howdy, Tom. Meaning? Man, that name just slips off the tongue in such a good way. James Jean. It feels good to say it. James and I are new friends. Yeah. We have met a few times at shows, and then James played a show with Chris Taylor at the Townsend a while back. I I don't know, a month or six weeks ago or something like that. And uh, I went and checked it out, uh, and honestly, mainly because I know Chris... And, uh, I had saw you, I'd seen you previously at one-to-one and we chatted and you mentioned you playing that show. So I was looking forward to getting to see you for the first time. And, uh, I got to tell you, and I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. (laughs) Um, it's, it's been a while since I've heard music that has connected with me or made me feel pretty anything really. Right. Um, and I really loved your stuff. And I dig your style and I'll tell you why. Because I've been in certain circles where most of the stuff that I'm hearing or that I'm exposed to or um, the, the music that's being played by the people that are in these circles is, is pretty folky or pretty folk Americana or some, some connection to folk, right. which is great. However... I love other kinds of music. I grew up on the different music that I hear. That I think may have influenced
0: what you do. All right. So, so uh, first of all, what is what does it mean folk? Like, what do you mean by that? I mean, well, is it the, okay, the topics, or you what? know,
1: so in the big picture, folk to me, well, up until the Kerrville, my first time at Kerrville in two thousand. 15 folk to me was, uh, hippies. Okay. Acoustic guitars, tie dye shirts, long hair, gray hair vans. (laughs) That's (laughs) what it was to me until I went to Kerrville for the first time in 2015. And yes, there's a lot of that, but it's not just that. So that's a, there's a, that's a big umbrella just saying folk, but um, typically I'm hearing, um, acoustic only, acoustic guitar and vocal, right. When I go to a show of most of the people in my circles, uh, and I love that. And that's kind of what I do, but I don't know that I consider myself very folky, but, um, to hear your show with Chris and hear the full band, um, it, it, You know, although there are elements of acoustic, you're playing an acoustic guitar, at least in that show you did. And then I I saw you play in the round where you were playing an electric guitar and I got to see a different side of you. Yeah. I saw some rock and roll and I saw some punk influences and I knew, okay, this guy's coming from many different angles. Um, I hear a little um, new wave. I hear a little 80s, 90s. Right Pop. On, man, right on. I mean, so I really dig it. And I told you that immediately after the show. Um, what would you say your genre is? I love to ask this question because you could, we could sit here for 15 minutes and you ask the right person and they'll take the whole 15 minutes to think about it.
0: All right. So I've, I've done a lot of thinking about this and uh, I wish I had something as clever as, as Ray came up with but I don't, I think I have vacillated between like an alt rock or alt country. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, you know, it, yeah, that's, yeah, seriously, you could, you can unravel a lot of those, those things, you know, and take them to take them to their, you know, their roots and everything. Um, I think, uh, Alt something, (laughs) (laughs) alt just alt alt something. Yeah, Yeah, you know, and I and I think um, the problem and kind of what you're talking about, you know, about the the different things that you hear. um, I've been thinking a lot about that, and and that's true. I mean, I was I was raised on um, Jim Croce and John Denver, Mm -hmm. um, The Ventures, um, like uh, Roger Whitaker, Like a lot of Don Williams, like a lot of these just, um, well, these different bands that came out of your singer songwriters or Americana, you know, really folky stuff. Yeah. But then, you know, along the way, I've just, I mean, I grew up in the eighties, so it's like, well,
1: you say you were raised on that, but would you necessarily say they were influences? Who, who are your, I mean, somebody asked you what your influences are. Who do you pick out of the? Skizer.
0: So that is, that's changed a lot too, you know, cause, um, you know, if you had asked me in like 1990 something, I would have said Dave Matthews band, you know? Um, and then I think he just wore everyone out <laughs> <laughs> and then, but you know, like going back to some of the, the, um, you know, kind of the more concrete people like Paul Simon. Um, I remember hearing Paul Simon for the first time and, uh, You know, it just just went right to my soul, dude. Man,
1: it's funny how
0: as time goes
1: on and, you know, people evolve, I when I first heard Paul Simon, and I'm not talking about Simon and Garfunkel, I'm talking more when he was after Simon and Garfunkel. Yeah. In the 80s, MTV, late 80s. I hated everything I ever heard from him. (laughs) And now that I'm older and I am actually... Writing songs and playing, um, he was on Saturday Night Live. It was either last year or the year before. Yeah, and I just rolled my eyes. I was like, "Oh man, why are they bringing Paul Simon on here?" And then he played, and it was so brilliant. And even but before that, even I realized his brilliance, you know, over the years. But when I was younger, I couldn't stand it. I couldn't stand P- Peter Gabriel. I couldn't stand a lot of stuff that today I look back and think that is. Really brilliant. Like I didn't like U2 when they first came out. And now I have a a big appreciation for a soundscape that U2 is very known for. I mean, yeah, the Edge and his guitar is such a known, like you can pick it out. Hey, that's that's Edge right there. This this is U2 for sure. The dotted Um, eighth note. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. helicopter sounds and about 50 uh, pedals, if if not more than that. Uh, But you had mentioned, you know, in the 90s, and, and I know, I looked up a little bit of information on you and looked at your bio. And I know that you've been around for some time, quite some time. And not just around, but you've been playing, right? You know, so what would you say, if anything, is a big transitional or what has changed since the 90s i know that you were in a band um at least from what i read i i can tell that it's the first thing that it mentions is that you're in a band right um so you're playing with a band what's changed since the 90s and to, to today and in, in not only the city but in
0: you yeah in me um and i i think i think the thing that many songwriters go through and this is You know, certainly um, it resonates with me. And um, there's a there's a thing with with showing your soul, you know, and with sharing your songs. And uh, I think um, recently I've finally had the courage to stand out and hold my music out and let people hear it in uh, on my own. And I've never had the courage to do that before. And um Do you mean playing
1: solo or do you mean all of that? Presenting a, a produced
0: product. No This all is of that. me. No. Okay. I think I think just letting letting myself be seen uh for what it is and um like you know, writing a song that is autobiographical and people are gonna be able to, you know, they're gonna hear the lyrics and they're gonna have their thoughts about well, where is this coming from? And you know, and and if if they're willing to to listen to my songs that way, um, then they can kind of extrapolate and kind of figure out like, oh, well, he's had this kind of life experience, you know, or he's been through this this trial or this challenge or something like that. And you know, I see not only his you know humanity, but I I see you know like. I see the, I see the way he's failed and I've seen the way things have worked out, um, for good, you know, and cause I, I you know, hopefully I write hopeful music, you know, um, even if it's kind of tragic in it's, in its presentation. Right. Um, and I think because I do tend to be as vulnerable, I mean, like I'm, I suck at small talk. I'm not a small talk dude. Right. It's like we sit down and like immediately let's, let's just like. Let's go bottom fishing kind of thing. <laughs> I just can't help, but I, I just do it, you yeah. know? And, uh, and I think because I'm, I've been so incapable of small talk or, or um, I think that's affected the way that I network and all that. But, you know, in terms of, like, getting out into a venue or getting out in front of a group of people, um, when, you, when you play something that's really, really part of, of who you are and, like, it's a vulnerable thing... Um, I just didn't have the courage for a long time to just to be who I am in front of people. And right. and I think, you know, I'm a late bloomer in a lot of ways, you know, and uh, I think it's just taken me a lot longer to do, to do things that, you know, people might ordinarily find like, well, that's pretty basic, James. And I'm thinking, well, it may be basic, but it took me a whole lot longer than it took, you know, these other people. Right. And, and so... I think that's probably been the biggest difference, you know, in in terms of like the way I was then and the way I am now, it's like being in a band, you're not standing on your own name, you know? Um, And that's a lot of the reasons why I kind of want to be back in a band, (laughs) you know, it's because I want to be able to be a part of something that's, that's bigger than myself and um, that other people are just as vested in, you know, and invested in. That's
1: a good, that's a good, segue I guess in in that I wanted to ask you about that but gosh I also I want to go back to the the Austin part we'll go back to that okay but you're talking about you want to be in a band and one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about is because I from seeing your show with uh, the 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 show at the Townsend um, I noticed that you have some guys that are, I it's, I think safe to say hired guns, but mm-hmm. they're guys that you play with a lot and I'm assuming, um, are familiar with and possibly recorded with many of them. Cause I know that Brian Douglas Phillips, uh, he was playing with your band that night and he also produced your full length album from 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, so is there an advantage, uh, or is there a reason why, it makes more sense to use hired guns or are you looking to, all right, let's start a band and it's going to be called this name, not James Jean and everyone's going to have input. So what are you, what are you feeling there? Because these are struggles that I have.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's a real thing. Um, so there's a, there's, there's a lot in there. Um, first of all, um, a lot of people hire these guns. <laughs> yeah, and so I think, to a large degree, I don't think they they um, always take the same, uh, bring the same thing to each artist. I think I think they um, the guys that you're referring to are talented enough that they see the song, they realize what the song needs, and they do. They're just excellent at being chameleons, so to speak, at getting in and like kind of filling out the perceived vibe of the song. And so they're able to do that with, with a number of artists. I mean, um, Fred and I watched that, uh, that show, The Wrecking Crew. You know, it's on Netflix. Oh, yeah. We watch mm-hmm. that a lot. And I think, you know, to a large degree, those guys um, within certain circles are kind of like the Austin Wrecking Crew, so right. to speak, you know? And they've been on more records than than most people would even realize. But um, they they definitely bring a particular sound. Um, and there have been times when, um, like we've had to push to get outside of that. You know, it's like, all right, what's the the progressions like a one four five? And you know, they w- we're giving it the rundown, and then you know they they take off and they kind of do their thing. And then sometimes it's like, all right, hey, can we, can we not like do, do this, you know, like this kind of, you know, option A (laughs) let's like, and, and they're able to, you know, kind of carve out different sounds and stuff like that. But, um,
1: so who are those guys? I know Fred, uh, Fred Monduhano, did I say that right? Yep. And then Brian Douglas Phillips, who plays every instrument, it seems, who are the other guys that,
0: um, so, um, I guess who I've. I guess the only other one I failed to mention is Jacob Hildebrand. Is that the bass player? Uh, he plays guitar. Oh, guitar. Yeah. He plays lead guitar and he's like madman.
1: Well, so I've seen these guys now play with three different, I mean, technically Chris played with them as well. So I've seen them, them play with you. I've seen them play with Natalie price and I've seen them play with Chris Taylor. Um, basically, uh, immediately I'm my, my cogs in my head start turning like, okay, what's it going to take for me to get these guys, um, to play with me. So, um, they're, they're so impressive that my first thought is, okay, that's my band right there. Yeah. And so that's going to happen at some point. And I've talked to all of them. It's just a matter of, okay, so this is one of the, the realities of, of uh, music life in Austin. um, it's, it's it's getting a little close to kind of how Nashville is. And yeah, you can have a group of guys that are passionate about music and you guys can make a band and, and, um, they may get paid less. Right. Um, but then you might expect that there are going to be four or five flubs, uh, during your set, or you can hire guys like the guys that you have. Um, and it may cost a little bit of money, but they're, super pros from every show and every song that
0: I've heard. Yeah. Um, And then after a while, I mean, they really do. I mean, when when we play together enough or when we, you know, we track a tune um, or a record, you know, it's easy for them to go back and just, I mean, literally they pull their notes, the same ones that we, you know, we had in the studio and, um, you know, it's kind of just going over, getting refreshed. And it does get tighter over the yeah. years, you know, yeah. we've been, cause I've been playing with them, you know, for gosh, five, six years, maybe longer than that. Yeah. Longer than that, probably since Oh nine. Yeah.
1: Well, so you had mentioned, you know, being in a band now, and, and that's different from what we're talking about. So let's say you assemble a band, right? Are you talking about, hey like pearl jam or or yeah. you know let's all write a song together and play it and we're all or are you talking about okay i'm going to write the songs we're a band but i write the songs i mean what is your vision for that
0: um so i am open to co-writing but i don't know that i'm the best at it you know i think i think my my ideas are are either weird or you know, or maybe, maybe I've just got kind of a, a way of thinking that is just all my own. And I tend to just go to these particular, uh, obscure conclusions, maybe, you know, I think maybe I draw conclusions that, that others just think are, man, I just never would have pulled, I never would have gone there, you know? And I, I think that's probably the thing that prevents me from writing with other people, but Um, I mean, I have written with other people, but yeah, I would think, you know, either I write this song and like, bring it, bring it to the table. And then we, the thing that we work on the most is arranging it, you know, like arranging it. And, and, uh, and I think, you know, I think like the particular guys that I have in mind for a band, um, and some of, and like, there is something coming. It's, uh, I don't know if it's too soon for me to tell, but I can I can tell you what's coming. Okay. Um, (laughs) I want to hear after, but uh, but yeah, I think that's probably the best way to go about it because you know the these these uh, players they just they want to bring they want to bring their musicality to it, right? You know, and so they're they're totally cool with me me writing the lyrics and kind of setting the tone and the vibe and the direction and all that.
1: Yeah, that's a lot to for me, it's a hard pill to swallow, I guess, because, I mean, I think there's a degree of narcissism involved there, but, you know, and, but then again, I have evolved a little bit over the last four or five years, but I have, you know, at, at, at my age, I'm, I, my brain is telling me, okay, you know, if you're going to do this, do this the way that you need to do it and don't second guess anything. And so in my brain is saying, Okay, well then I'm the one that I, I want to have all the say, <laughs> but the problem with that is you can have all the say if you pay all the guys and they're hired guns. But right, if you if you have a deal where like okay we're gonna go play one to one bar and we'll all split the money, um, well you might not get paid a whole lot, you know, and so There's a lot less to split. And and when that happens, guys want to have a lot more creative uh, input, which I understand. Mm-hmm but you don't always agree sometimes. So this, that is kind of the dilemma that I have created for myself. Really. I'm just being way too into my head, but when it comes down to it, that is, I've created that wall for myself. And so now I've come to the conclusion. Okay. If I want it my way, I got to hire guys that they'll say, okay, we'll do exactly what you say. Um, here's how you spell my name on that check, you know, after the show,
0: but, but the thing is, though, that's that's where um, the kind of music that you make comes into play too. Because if you're if you're wanting to just make make art the way that you want to make it, that's then that's the way you got to go. You know, you got to just be be the tyrant and be the guy that that comes up with the money to have the players get in and play exactly the way you want them to. Um, unless unless you're one of the fortunate people, you know, who manages to you know all you guys come together at the same time and you're all about the same idea, you right. know? And then everybody just does it cause of passion, you know? And it's like a, and that's just, that's a rare thing. Yeah. It's I mean, rare thing. it's
1: funny that I have that hang up still, because all the people that I admire so much have bands where people are free to be collaborative and, and come up with ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is a weird hang up, but, um, I want to talk about your music a little bit in each one of these episodes that I've been doing. And this is only the sixth one. And I hope that there are a bunch more and we're having, we're starting to build a little bit of an audience, which is really cool. Um, but I pick out a song um, for the clip right at the beginning. And uh, there were so many songs that I wanted to pick. Right on. And I didn't even hear all of your songs, but I hear, I heard probably eight since last night. hmm And six of them were like at one point in this machine that I hit a button and go play the intro. So um, I think my favorites right now are Figure It Out, Hole In My Pocket, Will You Come Over. Yeah, These are my favorites at the moment. But then there was a song you played at the show that's not on um, any of your albums. And I can't remember what it was called, but we talked about it and I completely had the wrong... like. I said something like Dirty Bastard or something and I was completely wrong. Do you remember what I'm talking about? Shit Show. Shit Show. Yeah. I
0: love that song. I so, wanna, I'll play that one today.
1: Oh, that would be so cool. Yeah. That'd be really cool. So let me ask you this. That's another thing that I want to talk to you about. So I noticed that you have an album in 2016. This is uh, Gimme Space is the name of the album. That's the one that was produced by Brian Douglas Phillips. Right. Um, and then I noticed that you have three singles Uh, since then Mm
0: -hmm.
1: so and and the reason i ask is because i have my own thoughts on the idea of do i need to release 10 songs in one album or is it now like because back in the day they would just release singles right Right. back when they were little 45s are is that kind of the direction you're going or are you you're just releasing singles as they come and then there's the plan for the next album.
0: Yeah. And so there's kind of a little bit in that and yeah, it's that, and you know, it takes, it just takes so long to get a collection of songs done, you know, financially, it just takes a while unless you're going to go into debt or, you know, do some kind of fundraiser or something like that. And I've never really been about that. Um, So the idea was, all right, well, let's just, just, you know, let's do a bunch of singles. And, Try different things because I like so many different things. And I felt like Gimme Space was like in that direction of kind of a really vibey, you know, uh, singer, songwriter, maybe, maybe a little bit of alt country to it. But it was the idea was like, let's make it really sparse music. And I can do that for a while. But, you know, then these other things start creeping in like, dude, you know, you haven't, I'm a Brit rock fan. Um, and so it's like, you haven't, you haven't touched that amp or that electric guitar right. in, there in a long time. It's like, <laughs> pick that damn thing up. Let's get going. You yeah. know? And so that's like kind of where hole in my pocket came from. I'm a big uh, elbow fan too, Guy Garvey. It's, you know, they're out of UK. Um, and uh, so it's like, I kind of wanted to do something that used a little bit more uh, digital and, you know, electric and rock and stuff. Well, I I
1: noticed that. I mean, it is definitely, I mean, there is, oh, there is a lot of different sounds coming from this album. I mean, it's not, again, it's not what I have been kind of stuck in for the last three years as far as uh, the circles that I'm running in. Mm -hmm. Um, There's actual rock and roll in here. There's pop, there's choruses that are very catchy, uh, hooky. Yeah, um, and I and that is what I love, man. I really, I mean, a good hook is my. That's that's what I care about, man. And you gotta and set it. You gotta it'll, set the hook. It'll stick in my head, and then it's just run, running through my head until the next day. Even when I wake up in the morning, I hear these hooks. So, um, that's another reason why I connect a lot with your music. Um, I actually, I want you to. I think it might be a good time to uh, play a song. But you know what? Before we do that. You
0: and I have a show. Yeah. Why
1: don't you uh, tell our millions of listeners about the show that we have coming up?
0: All right. Get ready. Here it comes. So, Mean Genie. That's what I was saying. It's like Tom, <laughs> Tom Meany and James Jean. That equals the Mean Genie. So, like, the Mean Genie <laughs> presents James Jean and Tom Meany at the Townsend Listening Room on Thursday, August 8th, beginning at 7 p.m. Come on out and it's free. It's free. And uh but don't don't
1: uh you know don't forget to bring a little bit of cash in case you want to put it in the tip jar. Tip jar. Um I like this room. The reason I like it is one it reminds me of a comedy room. Like a stand-up comedy type club because it's longer than it is wide. I guess it's a rectangle but it just look it just looks like a stand-up comedy place. Um, the sounds good.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I, I would say, because this is for my older friends who don't know how to act downtown, right. Or how to get in and out. I Uber from someplace else.
0: Yeah, man. That's so I'll park
1: somewhere near downtown and then Uber in, you get in and out of the car, come watch the show, hang out for a, hang out for a little bit. We'll, we'll talk to you afterwards. We'll just shoot the shit for a minute. Then you get your Uber and you get back to your car. You've had a great Thursday night. That's what I'm saying. This is what I do personally when I see music, especially at the Townsend. Um, so I would love for you, those of you who are in the Austin area, to come check out that show. I've been promoting it on the podcast since the first podcast. So I hope that uh, we can get some butts and seats there. That would be great it would be great yeah so uh why don't you play us a song that we might expect to hear at the townsend yeah all right
0: i'll play the shit show
1: cool all right we'll get set up and then we'll come back
0: sounds good
1: hey this is jamie harris and you're listening to singer songwriter with my friend Tom tommy all right so just whenever you want to start and if you want to Introduce it if you you know do whatever you want.
0: Yeah, a lot of people have asked me like what what is this what is this tune about and uh, um it actually came from a situation I was in at work and uh, and maybe you've had this happen where you um <laughs> I talked about vulnerability and about you know not being much for small talk and um, one time I I think I sh- overshared. Oh yeah, I'm not necessarily overshared, but like you know, when when you uh, when you're vulnerable, you you give people opportunity to uh, leverage that for their own for their own purposes, right? So that's kind of that's what the whole thing's about.
1: Oh, cool. Well, I'm ready to hear it. Let's get this mic back up. All All right,
0: this is shit show.
2: Today's been a shit show for sure I let down my guard I offered the keys to a gate that's not yours And I fear I'll never get them back I'm not taking the fall for you I'm not taking the fall Why'd you mess with my tears Tracked across my floor You trampled the garden I've tended for years Choosing the blooms for yourself I'm not taking the fall taking the fall
1: So i fucking love that man <laughs> <laughs> i love
0: it let's, let's, let's
1: get show. you back on uh, the regular mic here this podcast was recorded on the roadcaster pro the world's first fully integrated podcast production studio whether you're a seasoned podcaster or just starting out the roadcaster pro is all you will ever need find out more at road.com slash roadcaster pro So what's the plan? Is that going on a, a single or are you going to wait for a, a big album?
0: I think I'm going to wait for an album. Um, well, I don't know. I've kind of been on the fence about it, you know. Um, so interestingly enough, the show that you showed up to um, and we played that song, is that the one where Ben was playing the fiddle?
1: Yes. Oh, my God.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he
1: added a lot, and his harmonies were great too. Yeah. yeah. So
0: I uh, I'm gonna give a shout out to to Ben Ben Levy. He, yeah. Uh, Levy Levy L E V Y Ben, and uh, he's a great fiddle player. Yeah. And he he took that song to a completely uh, another place, and so yeah, he's he's definitely gonna be part of that one.
1: I mean, that's a great song as it stands. You playing it acoustic here, but there's a whole. like 3d element going on when you've got all the other instruments and and ben did add quite a bit i i met him at uh, musicians interviewing comedians um i think he was doing sound that night and that's where i met him the first time i had no idea that he played the film yeah
0: that's where that's where he met yeah um and i would like to give a shout out to those guys um yeah music firsthand um chris Petrovka and um kim stacy and uh becky Jo neal over at, at comedians interviewing musicians. They're, uh, they're awesome.
1: Yeah, they are great. And I run in, um, to Chris and his wife like everywhere now. Yeah, man. They're every they're, single, they're, venue. Everywhere. they're going out supporting live music and that show is, is incredible and they've got a great app and I, I think they're good people and what they're trying to do is, is, is for the Austin music community. I mean, we can't have enough people like that.
0: Yeah, that I, I really appreciate, um, Chris's passion to do, um, to do events and things that really feature the artists, and he, you know he, um, he's just built it in so that there's artist support, you know, and um, yeah, it's 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 revolutionary and revolutionary ideas, and yeah, really appreciated, you know.
1: So you were talking about, you know, we were talking about how you've been in Austin for since the early nineties. Yeah, since ninety two. And we were chatting before the mic started rolling and you'd mentioned that you were involved heavily in kind of worship music and yeah. you want to yeah. talk a little bit about that? Cause I know that our guest, um, Chris Taylor, who was here a few weeks ago and we were talking about him cause you played a show with him. Um, that's a, a kind of where, where his background comes from as well.
0: Yeah. Um, so, uh, I guess. When I, when I first moved to Austin, um, you know, I, I didn't play an instrument at all. And, and uh, it's funny, I was on, on my way here to, um, to over to your place, and I passed by Motorola out on 183, and that's where I met my wife, you know, and that's where I started writing songs. We were in the clean room together. <laughs> and I had this mindless job where I was sitting at a scope and looking at wafers all day long. Wow! And so it was just kind of like this mindless work. And then the background, I just started writing songs, you know. And I uh, thought I was going to be a star in like a month or whatever. But got my first guitar at Music Makers down there on on Lamar. And, yeah, man, I remember um, that place from from Tom, uh, long haired guy. Yeah, yeah, I remember him. And uh, so uh, that's that's when I started playing. And then um, my little brother was in town. Uh, at the time, and he's like, he was playing bass, and I was like, "Hey, dude, what do you? What have you been up to?" And he said, "I've been filling it at this church," and so um, I went, and he invited me, and and I think my buddy and I had been drinking margaritas all afternoon, and we showed up to this rehearsal, and they had us play with them, and um, evidently they liked it enough that they invited us back, and so um, I was going, I kept going back to this church, and they included me on the team and then suddenly everybody else quit and I was the last guy there. (laughs) (laughs) And so I remember the pastor saying, you're, you're our guy, you're our guy, you know? And, um, and I was writing songs. And so, um, I started writing stuff that the, that the, that the congregation could sing. And, um, 12 years later, um, you know, we had made, uh, you know live recordings and i was in a band with a couple of other guys that were um um uh, you know kind of leaders at their church or involved at, in in teams at their you know bands at their church um bob kennedy was one guy and he used to play he played with with um stevie ray vaughn and wow uh dino lee of of all people he, he came out of la um cory herline was the drummer And uh, I also played in a band with his brother Chris. We were in a band, Doxideo, and those guys went on to be in Wide Awake and then uh, went on to play with Ed Kowalczyk of Live. And so, you know, they did their big tours and stuff. And um, so, but those guys were kind of like um, my band. And like we, and they eventually went on to Austin Stone and they played with Andy Melvin. That's where Chris Tomlin came into town and like there was you know they planted that church and so they became the house band for them but um you know and and all those you know all those years that I was at a church called Northwest Fellowship and and just just was doing my thing and like i said you know got started in in 94 and next thing you know like you know 11 12 years has gone by
1: right so one of the things that i'm noticing the more that i am talking to musicians is that
0: a lot of them have the
1: same background or a lot of them have been involved in uh, playing at the church. And um, so, you know, not that this is the most important question, but money wise, is it, is doing that, (laughs) can you make a living?
0: Well, and I, I I made the same salary all those 11, 12 years. (laughs) You never went in and said, Hey, Um,
1: listen, it's time for a uh, price of living increase.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, when, when you're an artist uh, and you're vulnerable people see all the shit yeah (laughs) and so it gets to i mean honestly i kind of get to a point where you go, like i don't know that i can justify asking for for a raise because just you've had to put up with my ass right (laughs) (laughs) but um but yeah no it i and there are a lot of artists that um you know even today i mean a lot of them are you know they play their weekly gig at a church you know and you know, it's a few hundred dollars a week or something like that. And I mean, when you consider how much it costs to live here and all that, I mean, that's pretty substantial. Yeah. You know,
1: I've noticed, I mean, even, I mean, okay. So I, my friend, Roger Blevins jr. Who's, um, the lead singer of Mingo fish trap, um, also does, uh, a church gig. He may even do more than one. I, I don't know all the terminology and I apologize for that. Cause I'm not a, I'm personally not a religious person, but I've seen videos of Rogers performances and it's like, you know, yeah. going to the Irwin center. Yeah. I mean, and it is big and it sounds incredible. I mean, the, the why, I, I don't know why I would assume that just because it's worship music, that it would be any less than, you know, that any less than great. I mean, the, the musicians are great. Mm-hmm. The, they're, they certainly have the, um, the drive and the motivation, right. To yeah. to write songs that are connecting with people in in this way. Um, but I'm, I'm really impressed with what I've seen. Um, I, it makes me, you know, kind of curious to, you know, it's been, you know, I grew up in a Catholic church and there was none of that. There was no, a full band. It was all uh, hymns and, and boring, not, not stuff that really connected with a young kid, you know, and there was absolutely no emotional connection. Um, But I see, you know, I see some of these videos of some of these worship groups and man, the first four rows, everybody's got their hands up and tears just streaming down their eyes. That's the kind of connection that every musician can only hope for. But yeah, um, well, that's pretty interesting, man. It's, I'm happy that you came here because, you know, we didn't know each other well. Yeah. We're about to play a show together. Um, I think it's cool, you know, any of the people listening to this podcast, many of them probably know who you are, but if you don't, I think it's cool that we're kind of getting to know each other, uh, together here. Yeah. Um, what else do you got coming up?
0: Um, let's see. So I am doing a show with, um... Chris Taylor and at Sam's Burger Joint on the eighteenth as well.
1: That's right. And um, um, Lauren Diamond.
0: Yeah, Lauren Diamond and Natalie. Natalie. Yeah, Natalie Price. Great. I'm gonna yeah. try every everything in my being to be there. Yeah, that would be really cool, man. If you could make it out. Um, and it it's uh, you know, we're starting Chris and I and um and I I played a few shows actually more than a few shows with uh, Lauren Diamond. She's great. Yeah. Um, she's a lot of fun. Um, she's funny as hell too. I saw her at uh, Saxon a couple weeks back and she's hilarious. Yeah. She, (laughs) she's a nut. Yeah. Um, she makes it a lot of fun. And then, uh, yeah, I've played uh, a few with Natalie too. And so it's, it's how did you get this, this group together
1: on one bill? How did that happen?
0: Uh, I would say that's, that's probably, um, Greg Carnes, you know, he, he, um, he, he and I've had a we've been friends for 20 something years, you know, and that's how I met Chris. Mm. And so I think, um,
1: I just met him recently. He seems like a nice guy.
0: Yeah. He's a really nice guy and, uh, um, big promoter. He was, you know, I think, uh, he's, he's continued to do shows, you know, around for a long time, particularly down in San Antonio. But, um, yeah, that's, he's kind of like the, the reason that we all know each other, but, uh, but yeah, it's going to be, good group of friends playing well good I'm music
1: looking forward to that is any any other big shows coming up
0: um not so much shows um there are, there are shows I've got kind of my regular um gig uh which is the second Thursday at at the Townsend you know I've gotten to know Jeff um down there and that's just kind of been for whatever reason it's just kind of been home base I've played other places but um you know that's just a room that I really just enjoy being in and it's um it's easy when you can get a, a substantial group in there. It, mm-hmm. it, you know, there's good energy. Um, I'm doing uh, this year again the acoustic guitar project. So I'll be curating that for. have heard of that for the second year. Um, a guy named Dave Adams founded it. Um, it's been maybe eight years ago. Um, but David Hamburger, I don't know if you know if you've met David. Yep, I have. So great guitar player. He's a fantastic yeah. guitar player. But um, I met. Um, David. I met Mike Cadalgo. I met Ray. I met um, Brandon Damaris. I met a lot of the black fret people mm-hmm. through uh, a neighbor of mine, Debbie Stanley. Yeah. She used to live a couple her. doors down from me. Okay. And so um, I remember for the longest time I'd be st- outside of my backyard and I would hear parties going on and like, you know, I made my way over there. But one night she invited me um, to play in her backyard with with Ray, with Mike and David, you know? So it was actually the five of us and Brandon and me. And so she's like, Hey man, you know, bring your guitar by, sing a song. And so I did. And next thing you know, um, I get invited to be in the acoustic guitar project that where, where David was uh, curating that year. Um, And uh, that was such a, just like a, it was a catalytic experience. You know, it, it really is the reason that um, I'm back in music.
1: That's cool. So my understanding of the Acoustic Guitar Project, and con- 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 correct me if I'm wrong, because I believe Ray was involved with it. Basically, there's an acoustic guitar they give it to a songwriter for a week mm-hmm. and you have to write a song with that guitar. Yeah. And then the guitar goes to the next person and that person writes a song. Yep. And what is, is this a charity or is there anything else involved on top of that or is, are the songs recorded?
0: Yeah. So, um, it's, it's, you know, it's a nonprofit and the idea is, um, it's just to get writers who, um, Maybe you have a writer who's blocked. Um, that's how it started is Dave Adams, the the founder and the, you know, the launcher of this thing. He had a friend who was blocked. And so he got him a guitar and he gave it to him and said, right, go take this guitar for a week, go write me a song and come back and we'll do it. And um, he didn't, the guy didn't write just one song. I think he wrote a few. Oh, wow. And it kind of like it, it you know, unlocked him. And so Dave realized how, I mean, first of all, he's, he loves music. He's not a musician, but he loves music and he just wants to do that for, for more and more people. So now um, the acoustic guitar project happens in 60 countries. Wow. It happens all over the place um, around the world. I mean,
1: I've heard about it, not only from Texas people, but from people in North Carolina and you know, so I, it's, it's, yeah, it's around the world. Like there's,
0: There's guitars. And the thing is, I still have the same guitar that started here seven years ago. And uh, and that uh, the year that I was in it, it was uh, Ray um, Honor Renick from Born Again Virgin, um, Michael Fracasso. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I was. In the, and uh, yeah, we had a good we had a good group that year.
1: Well, it's really cool to hear hear that, man, because I've heard about that from Ray and I've heard it. I heard it before Ray um, was asked to do it. But um, I just think that's great. I'm personally like super writer's block right now. So, I mean, that kind of inspires me to figure out mm-hmm. creative ways to get my my, my brain going. But um, I think I want to talk a little bit more about our show because I really want people to get out there and then we'll uh, call it a day. And uh, this yeah. will be out Monday. And uh, so you folks have... Th- Four days essentially to get to your shit together. Get your shit together. <laughs> get a sitter.
0: Make your plans. Come get on. that.
1: Get the dry cleaning. Get that fancy dress out. No, you don't have to do any of that because I don't. Now I don't know. I don't want to make it more difficult. Come in sweats and a t-shirt for all I care. It's free. Uh, just know I'm going to give you a little bit of the lay of the land. Right. So this is a bar, and it's really a nice bar. And you walk all the way to the back. And in the back, there's these two doors uh, that look like you're about to go out into an alleyway. But no, you go into the venue. And uh, again, it is a great room. It's a small, intimate room. Um, it, to me, reminds me of a, a stand up comedy place. But it, the sound guy is great. I've always had a good experience there. Bring a few bucks for the tip jar. Yeah. And uh, so that. James and I can, you know, buy a Pepsi or whatever it is <laughs> our drink of choice. Yeah. And uh you'll have a good night. I I'm telling you that listen to James's album, listen to the three um singles that he put out after the album. So the album came out in 2016 and then there's three singles that came out after that. Am I right? Am I in order? Yeah. All three singles came out after the album.
0: Yeah, and this this most recent single, will you come over um I put out in May, so it's it's really it's really fresh.
1: Yeah, that was going to be also. That was going to be uh, one of the intro songs, and I don't know. I just kind of on the spur of the moment said, "Okay, I feel this is how I feel today. I feel like we need to put uh, figure it out." Yeah, man, that's uh, cool. I like that, um, James. You are found at I dot com. Mm-hmm. That is kind of home base.
0: Yeah, and there is a whole reason that I don't just use James Jean. But if you've if anyone's ever Googled that name, then you'll realize why. Uh, yeah, I don't <laughs> I did. I did. <laughs> because I don't design for Prada or I don't I don't have my own beats that I design with right. Dr. Dre. Yeah,
1: I'm I found Fucking a couple pages before you.
0: <laughs> 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 and then I remembered
1: No, it's not James Jean. It's something
0: different than yeah, I found I it. am James Jean. And that name I put that in there because I, I want him to know that I'm here too. <laughs> and that that really i had the name first well you uh, you're on all the uh, the sites all the sites yeah as far as you know social and as far as music music streaming and all that yeah itunes spotify
1: if you're going to listen to them on spotify which is okay because i'd listen on spotify make sure you come to the show yeah throw 10 bucks in the thing thank and you and then your karma
0: is paid for yeah, you don't want to mess with that. Yeah, you want, just just bring the ten dollars. It's ten it
1: bucks, it. and then you get to listen for the rest of your life, essentially, or until Spotify gets, you know, goes out of business or mm-hmm. some sort of legal thing happens somewhere down the line. But for right now, ten bucks, your karma's paid for.
0: Yeah, like mi- millions of streams you just paid for. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> billions, billion,
0: billions of streams. And you know, Tom, you do you do practice what you preach, man. Because yeah, you. I remember you. I remember you saying that you're like, after that show, you, he you know, he put ten bucks in my hand. He's like, "Man, he goes, this is this is what I do. This is the way I do it." And uh, meant a lot to me. Well, the truth is, I for I wish that Spotify had a
1: a button on the app where you can you with PayPal, PayPal or, pay. yeah, or Venmo that would say, "Okay, you know what? I really like this record." I'm going to give them 10 bucks. Yeah. I don't know why that I'm sure that there's business reasons why that wouldn't make sense to them. But to me, it makes a tremendous amount of sense. But I do that. And on my poker table out here in the living room, there are probably 200 CDs that are unopened. And it's because if I find something on Spotify and I really like it, I got to pay them somehow. And so buying the CD, even though it takes up space sadly i understand a lot of work went into the cd right the artwork the 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 credits on the inside art you know whatever pictures are on the inside but man i just don't have a cd player and you know we're it's time that everyone else kind of figures it out like you know what we're not buying eight tracks anymore and now we're not buying cds anymore so we got to figure something we got to figure out the new way but um anyway that's a long way to say if you listen on spotify throw 10 bucks in the tip jar come to the show meet us yeah and uh and then we'll do it all again a few months down the line sounds great man thanks for coming to uh the buda studios yeah man this and is wonderful this is awesome. downtown buda kyle metroplex It'll probably take you quite some time to get out of here because of all the traffic and the skyscrapers and stuff. But James, it was great talking to you. And uh I will see you on Thursday at the show, and we're gonna put on a hell of a show. Hell yeah. For the rest of you, we'll see you and don't forget to subscribe via all the podcast applications. We'll talk to you
0: soon. Peace out. I'll put an orchestra in your head
2: every time you go to bed, let that sweet, sweet melody blow your scary. Memories.
1: K-t-o-m. 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 K-T-O-M, Buda.